0: Hi friends and family, my name is Gail Manizak, and I'm going to share some information, share um, entitled, If a Man Dies, Shall He Live Again? That's a question that many people ask, and um, you know, from from ancient sacred literature comes a question that still haunts the human mind. If a man dies, shall he live again? That haunts a lot of people. The world view today, it maintains that there is no creator God, no design to the universe, no life after death. So there is no, excuse me, no accountability for what we have done in life. There's a poem, on, and it's on a tomb in, in Scotland that, ends with the following lines it says we're not a hereafter man's predestinated lot man's destiny would be to reveal and to rot nature's shame and foilless bloat the inscription points towards life after death and suggests that if human beings move through this present life without god they lack all hope And they may sadly become the most shameful and the most repugnant stain on nature. Almost 300 years ago, there was an English poet that asked two questions. Seems it strange that thou should live forever. Is it less strange that thou should live at all? So he kind of appears to be saying that if there's no life after death, how do you explain the, the human being's presence now in history? Now, I'd say that's a really good thought, a really good question, and something to meditate on. The human race is an enigma, a puzzle, that continues to engage brilliant minds. So, writing on the moral condition in society, Paul, the apostle, he employs some strong language when he uses the term such as uncleanness or lusts. He uses the term vile passions and also, let me see here, uh debased mind. So if the apostles' comments seem to be too strong, then scholars remind us that the classical writers who study this period of Roman history describe the existing mor- moral conditions with terms even more abhorrent because Paul also points to the most developed religion of those times. He asserts that the adherents had openly disobeyed the divine law to such a degree that the neighboring nations they mocked their god. Well, quoting from ancient and ancient prophet, he states, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Christian churches down through the centuries have also been guilty of this. So the apostle summarizes his argument. There is no difference for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This is what the scriptures say. When human beings lack a credible hope of life beyond this world, the consequences are sinister. There was old Solomon's devastating words, lack any hope. He writes, if a man lives many years and rejoices in them all, let him remember the days of darkness, for they will be many. All that is coming is vanity So yet, running right through the Bible, the note of hope permeates God's message. Hope comes to light in Genesis. It takes on substance in the body of the book, and and the revelation is an explosion of symbolic images describing this hope, as already converted into an eternal and glorious reality. It was Job the great crisis of his overwhelming affliction, who asked the question, he said, if a man dies, shall he live again? Well, the Bible answers this question categorically, asserting positively that human beings will live again. The scriptures describe the glory of life with God. In spite of this coherent message, Modern society ignores or belittles the fact of life after death. Did you hear what I said? Modern society ignores it. Yet we should pursue this subject and, and actually stimulate among God's people the reality of our Christian hope. We can do so without exaggerations. We can do so without pretensions of understanding all the details of this formidable work of God. The Christian faith is not the only one that offers hope to human beings. Is there a religion that does not offer the promise of immortality to the faithful? However, the hope of the Christian faith is unique because it rests on the historical fact of the Christ's death and his resurrection, and were it not for this well-documented fact and for the witness of millions of Christians that Christ is a living reality in their lives, the perspective of Christian happiness beyond death would not be anything more than another religious tradition about pleasures to be enjoyed in the next life. What we don't need is another religious tradition. We need facts. We need faith. The truth is that the Christian's coming glory only receives substance when it is linked directly to the death and the resurrection of Christ Jesus our Lord. And for this reason, a good part of any study on hope must be devoted to the important task of understanding this matter so to concentrate on the coming glory is more than a mere theoretical exercise we must go beyond abstract theory if the subject does not awaken in the student a deep renewal of his or her love for christ it has not achieved its purpose so only the lord jesus could bring hope to us And he does. It has been suggested that a heaven that does not evolve around Christ, as the indispensable hub is an aberration, a glory in which Christ does not figure, as the principal splendor is a travesty. So when the vision of the city that sparkles like jasper of the river that is clear as crystal, of the main street that is paved of pure gold, and of the city gates that are made each one of a single pearl surpasses the personal magnification of Christ. It is a distortion of the coming world of glory. The future glory becomes increasingly clear only when in the Christian there is a growing love for Christ. For many down through the centuries, Christ, in the beautiful phrases from the ancient Hebrew, is undoubtedly the chief among 10,000. Yes, he's altogether lovely. The Christian never seeks death, but fully understands Paul's words. Paul said, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And that to depart to be with Christ is far better. When there exists a clear understanding of the coming glory of Christ the Lord, it always expresses itself in this deep longing, this very deep longing to be with Him. For this reason, hope becomes the principal characteristic of the church. It is with sure hope the church continues forward with loyalty to the Lord Jesus and with dedication to the cause of God in this present world. Around the year 110 A.D., the very respected and loved Bishop Ignatius of Antioch, Syria, was condemned to die in the gladiator games. The elder Ignatius sent a message to his friends, he said, My birth pangs are at hand. Bear with me, my brothers. Do not hinder me from living. Do not wish for my death. Allow me to receive the pure light. When I arrive there, I shall be a real man. And in closing, there is no doubt that if a man dies, he will live again. Amen.